You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. You're in the Broncos Audio Zone, recapping Monday, August 27th. I'm Andrew Mason. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started with the newest Bronco, cornerback Adam Jones. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport had the story Sunday, and he joined Andy Lindahl and Tyler Columbus on Monday morning to discuss what Jones can bring to the Broncos. Ian, how surprised were you to see the Broncos going this route? Uh, I was only a little surprised. I would say I thought they were looking for depth here, and, and you know, that's what this is. I mean, you sign a veteran in, in August, you don't pay him a lot of money. These are depth signings, sort of like insurance, you know. Um, but they've had some, you know, they've had some guys banged up, and, and obviously, um, you know, when, when you add a guy who has familiarity with the head coach, you know, of course, uh, Vance Joseph was his DB's coach in, in Cincinnati, you know what you're getting, so it eliminates some of the um, sort of concern that, that generally comes with signing a guy so late. Um, so it's really just, hey, we got this tough dude who's going to come in, not cost a lot of money and make a good impression on the team and maybe play a little bit, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense. Ian, where is his skill set at currently? I mean, both – let's take it as uh, two phases here, as a defender, right. as a corner, and then also as a special teams player. Does he still have the skill set to return punts, and do you think he'll be doing that for the Denver Broncos? Um, I think he will get a shot. You know, I don't know that I – mean, one thing that's really difficult to tell – and, and this is, you know, when I talk to, when I go around the country and I talk to head coaches on these um, training camp trips, you know, hey, what does this guy have, have left is always a question. And a lot of times the answer is, I just need to see him. I don't know. You know, because every time a veteran steps on the field to begin training camp, you're sort of like, all right, like, what did he bring with him? Like, what does he have left? And, you know, I remember when, you know, going back a bunch of years when the Patriots traded for Chad Ochocinco, they thought he had a lot left. He stepped on the field, and they're like, okay, like, we were wrong. This is probably the end. And I don't know where it is for Pac-Man, but I think that he's going to get a chance. And if they say, you know what, it's not going to work, then it's just not going to work. You know, like the Patriots with Eric Decker, I think that was sort of like, all right, you know, he's probably he's probably done, um, and that's it. And But you got to see him on the field to find out. Okay, so let's say uh, it goes the way you just described, and maybe Pac-Man doesn't have what they hoped. Do you sense any surprise cut coming at that corner position? Because really what we've learned, if there's two things the Broncos need, maybe some more O-line depth, and it was depth at mm-hmm. corner, uh, do you think there'd be anything available after the cutdown day coming up this weekend that the Broncos could maybe go shopping for after, um, after, after the final preseason game, if Pac-Man doesn't have what they hoped, or is it going to be pretty bare? Because everybody, all the veteran corners are gone now, aren't they, Ian? Yeah, I mean, once, you know, DRC signed, um, I think that was, you know, one of the last, one of the last guys. And, um, you know, Jeremy Lane is out there, remember from the Seahawks. Um, There's just not a lot of guys available. Um, I mean, I think, Pac-Man Jones was probably the only, you know, outside of DRC, the only veteran corner who could come in and actually play. Um, so, you know, if it's not this, if it's not him, then it'll probably be a young guy who come in, play some special teams, give a little depth, and, you know, maybe learn on the fly. But, you know, this time of year, there's not a lot of big moves getting made. Guys are getting ready for the season. And, you know, if you're, if you're going to bring in someone, you're going to have to cut someone else, and not everybody wants to do that. 
Jones is with the Broncos now, of course. He practiced Monday at cornerback and punt returner. He was not with the team on Friday, and late in the win over Washington, Denver's secondary depth was exposed a little bit. However, the Broncos had plenty of standouts in their first preseason win, and Steve Atwater, Ryan Edwards, and I break them down in our game ball segment. Fellas, time to give out some game balls, and we have not talked about this ahead of time. Nope. We have no idea no which direction clue. we're going to go. I'll take my first one. Come on, man. Emmanuel Sanders has been electric in training camp, preseason, and this was just sort of the, the culmination of all of it. Four receptions for 61 yards, that one rush on the end around for 27 yards and a touchdown. On that one drive, he had 75 yards all-purpose. Emmanuel Sanders might be your wide receiver one when the season starts against Seattle. Wouldn't surprise me. And I think with Emmanuel Sanders, if he stays healthy all year, you're talking about a potential 100-catch season. You're maybe talking about him, and I don't say this lightly, maybe having the best season of his career, which is a bold statement considering the kind of uh, season he put together in 2014, his first year with the Broncos when he joined Peyton Manning for the first time. But this could be a better season than even that was for Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, we, we said, you know, weeks ago that Emmanuel looks like he's been energized, you know, <laughs> looks like somebody put some electricity in him and he mm-hmm. looks you know, fast. You How know. was that again? No, 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 I'm not doing that again, man. <laughs> Don't no. worry. The camera got it. <laughs> we got it. Oh, man, I got to stop doing this stuff here. Well, <laughs> so, so this is what's kind of on the line here for Emmanuel Sanders because after this year, the Broncos have a potential out on his contract. And he has a base salary of 10.25 next year, but the dead would be only 2.6. So the so Emmanuel Sanders not only is playing, and he's talked about it too. He's been very open about this in the, the media as well as just we, we kind of know what his mindset is. He had an interview with Nikki Javala, both DT and Emmanuel, and he talked about, hey, I'm not only auditioning for the Broncos for a future contract, I'm auditioning for 31 other teams. But the fact is because of his contracts like that, it's a good position for everybody because Emmanuel's playing inspired the Broncos are going to get the benefit of that, whether or not he remains on the team afterwards or not. And it certainly creates an interesting decision after the season because there are kind of outs on both Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. And, of course, they just drafted Cortland Sutton. And Deshaun and, Hamilton. And Deshaun Hamilton, guys that almost mirror a little bit of the similar style. Mm-hmm. But I think Emmanuel Sanders, I but like But you want three. You want, you want three, and maybe you have to go into the draft again if especially if you're moving on from Isaiah we'll, we'll see Carlos Henderson still again a decision hasn't been officially made there but you kind of see where things are headed right now Tim Patrick by the way still still a beast just saying that on oh, special yeah. teams too especially oh, yeah. Uh, yeah and special teams all right so Emmanuel Sanders that's my first game ball Mace come on where are you, you going you know where I'm going with this I know where you want to go Jano <laughs> Love Jano. <laughs> Love what Andy Janovich did. He's in for seven plays on Friday night. He has two crunching key blocks that set up touchdowns by Royce Freeman and Emmanuel Sanders. It is hard to have a more efficient game than Andy Janovich had. Because of his role on two scores, give me the game ball for number 32, not number 22. Mm, I know. they gotta, they got to fix that. I know it's, t- it's Tremaine, Tremaine Brock's Brock. number. Yeah. But come 22 on. Janos. Oh, man. Jano. Love Jano. <laughs> there we go. Let me get that number up, huh? If we had 32 Janos, but yeah, if we had 22 Janos, it would be all right. One is devastating enough. Sharpie. Oh, yes. 
It's done. Andy Janovich is on the. And roster. he might not have been. He, you know, we may have been characterizing it more of a bubble because of the role of a fullback in offense and how they were using tight ends at yes. fullback from time to time. But I think what you saw on Friday night is the value of a fullback as a lead blocker, and even seeing it in practice, how many runs for Royce Freeman and the rest of the running backs were sprung by blocks by Andy Janovich, you start wondering, okay, maybe the fullback is going to have a little bit more use than initially planned. Maybe Bill Musgrave finds more fullback packages. Imagine him blocking for Philip Lindsay. Hmm. It's a thing of beauty. Hmm. And again, the versatility it gives you if you start running a little more two back, mm-hmm. it's going to be good. Okay. Game ball for Jano. Oh, Love man. Game ball for me. Uh, I'm, I'm going, I'm going uh, with number 14 again. You know, oh, I mean, didn't, catch, didn't have a huge game, but I think that showed the fans again that he's consistent. He can make big time plays in, in, in big games. And, uh, you know, he's going up with against one of the best corners in the league yeah. uh, at this time. And uh, he showed uh, both Case Keenum and Cortland Sutton's their timing. They're on the same page. Uh, I give them a, I give them a game ball again, really for just showing what we've been saying, you know, the, uh, verifying to the people that he's the real deal and he, that's, that's, he's going to be regular during the season. Three catches, 45 yards. He had the 27-yarder that you're referencing. Mm-hmm. And I like that. It, it, in the final dress rehearsal game, do we expect to see Cortland Sutton much on Thursday night? No. I hope not. I don't hope not, too. Wonderful CE day, Sean. I bet we will. For a bit. And not that he's done anything to warrant – the extra, like he doesn't necessarily need, but I think that just because he's a rookie. Yeah, he's more reps, yeah. And how deep do they go into the nights off? For example, do you give Shaq Barrett and Shane Ray the night off? Mm. You know what? You're gonna have to have at least. Well, I don't know. We, still we had we had a guy on on Saturday when we were breaking down say that he thinks Shane Ray's gonna play. I think it was Doug said that he thinks Shane Ray's gonna play. Why? Maybe you're in a position where you just want to see a little bit more with that. I see. I want to see more Jeff Holland. Like I, I mean, do too. So if it means that you can sit one of those guys to give Holland starters reps, do it. I, I know what and who Shane Ray is. I know what and who Shaq Barrett is. Yeah, I don't well, need to be exposing them to unnecessary risk. Yeah, they probably won't. It'll probably be Marcus Rush and Jeff Holland on yeah. the one side, and then the other side, Joe Garcia Williams and. Uh, Antonio Simmons. Now, but on the Garcia team, Williams, like, he's been playing edge rusher. Right. He was inside backer last year. Like, take defensive line as well. Shelby Harris is not technically a starter, but are you sitting him as well? Are you sitting Zach Kerr? Mm. Demarcus Walker, where does he factor in? It's a great point. I think Walker plays. I think Walker plays Kerr sits. Yeah. If we're, uh, if we're up to me. Someone yeah. like Will Zach, Parks. Zach Will good, Parks man. sits. Even though he's oh, a yeah, starter. Yeah. Will Parks sits. Yeah. He, I, Billy uh, Will, D. Stu, Justin. Oh, yeah. The starters, clearly. But yeah. how, wait, what level of backup do you sit? Do you sit like a Max Garcia, for example? That's a great uh, point. No, nah, you can't sit Max. I don't think you can sit Max. But Why not? I, I think it's a great point. Give Jeremiah Patassi the whole game. Patassium. Pat- <laughs> Let me see here. <laughs> You're not going to get that analysis anywhere else, people. Uh, yeah, there's a reason why. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. All right, are you, can I can I go to another game ball here, or yes. do you? Because uh, because we can, you know, we keep I can going. Wait. All right, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you mentioned his name in just a moment ago, Shaq Barrett. I'm going to give one to Shaq Barrett. 
He had three hurries. He had a quarterback hit. He stayed home on that uh, uh, he's the play action of the bootleg that ended up rolling out, uh, something that Shaq Barrett continues to be one of the best, in my opinion, uh, outside linebackers for, for knowing where he needs to be on the field, having just the, the intelligence that he plays the game at uh, is so valuable to the Broncos. And I'm not even arguing that he's – uh, anywhere near necessarily the, the physical specimen that, say, like Von Miller is. It's just what he brings to the, to the team is kind of on that level. And I thought Shaq Barrett, uh, who graded out as the second highest defensive player for the Broncos in the game, right next to Zach Kerr, I thought he deserved a game ball. Yeah, you're talking about on pro football focus. I am. Yeah. Well, I say graded. That's kind of where I'm going. Okay. You're, you're implying that. Yeah. But, but yeah, he had, a, he had a total of four pressures in the game. Three hurries, one hit, and he uh, he was second on the team only to Von Miller in that category. And Von Miller, by the way, I mean, we, we could give a game ball to him pretty much every single game. <laughs> five total hurries, a sack, two hits, uh, two um, – uh, five total pressures, sorry, two hurries, two hits, and a sack. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's just an absolute monster. But for me, Shaq Barrett – CSU needs a little bit of love right now. We're all feeling a little hurt. Oh, yeah. So Shaq Barrett gets one. Good stuff. Good Mace? Stuff. Case Keenum. Good one. Yeah, I was I'm surprised say that case. he yeah. hasn't been brought up yet. But uh, I think we pay attention to other guys, and maybe it jumps more off the page than Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, Andy Janovich with his blocks did something. But Case Keenum simply had a masterful night at the controls of the offense. Uh, get did his job pre-snap, got the Broncos in the right in the right set, in the right call, commanded the huddle like you expected. This is what it's supposed to look like with a professional quarterback at the helm how far away were we this time last year man gosh we were so far away mm-hmm. i don't know everyone was thinking oh they're three you know in the preseason and oh. we were and i think we were looking for for something with trevor simeon that wasn't there and speaking of that trevor simeon this last friday from minnesota oh, demoted Terrible. I mean, there are Minis- <laughs> he might be. there are Minnesota fans in Minnesota media speculating that Kyle Slaughter should be the number two I know. with the Vikings and not Trevor Simeon. And you know what? They have an argument because Slaughter has played well and Simeon is not. And that's the thing. It doesn't matter where you're from. It's how you perform when you're out mm-hmm. there on the field. And um, I hate that Slaughter really didn't get a get get the opportunity to show what he could do here long, longer. Uh, would have been really interesting. Trevor better step it up. He's going to blow his chance of that Mike Glennon contract. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, so Keith and Orlando said we should give one to Justin Simmons. He, uh, he had the interception yep. last week. Yes. He agrees with us, or by the way, that uh, he's going to be a pro bowler. Pro Bowl or Justin Simmons. Oh, yeah. yeah. Something we've been saying for a while now. Uh, Justin Simmons in that game, I'm trying to think about plays that he made. I mean, he was the ninth highest graded Broncos defensive player. So he had a good game, especially in coverage. Uh, actually, had a better game against the run, as it turns out. Not bad. Uh, the Like I said, the highest grade was Kerr, Barrett, Zaire Anderson. A guy not getting a ton Man. of love. On oh. the bubble. Zaire, he filled that hole one time, and yeah. he sent that lineman, put a lineman on his butt. <laughs> That's a good one. Clinton McDonald was five. What's I mean, interesting is that Justin Simmons was the second highest graded starter, mm-hmm. according to Pro Football Focus, right behind Vaughn Miller. Hmm. We did not give Daimonte Thomas a game ball, but if we had another round, I imagine that we would have. He was outstanding in the first half. 
Thomas joined Chad Andrus and Matt McChesney after practice. Demonte, thanks for taking a couple minutes. Looks like you stayed out a little extra today. What were you working on? Yes, sir. Thanks for uh, having me. Uh, after practice, we usually try to get a few ball drills in. Uh, Coach M. Rob always tells us if you have hands, you have money. So he's always making us, you know, do ball drills so we get used to catching interceptions. Uh, you've been uh, killing it, to say the least, since you've gotten your opportunity. Uh, I, I love seeing that from guys who relish the opportunity to go uh, jump at this uh, National Football League thing. Um, I always say that the NFL means not for long, and some guys figure that out pretty quick, and it keeps them in the league for a while, and some guys don't, and it, it makes them exit pretty early. What changed for you? When did you figure out that this was a day-by-day -day business? Uh, I say last year. Um, you know, you see guys that are next to you in your locker room, the next day they're gone, and that really just woke me up and made me realize, you know, it's a numbers game, and if you're not doing a good job or if you're not performing, you know, the way you're supposed to be performing, they will find someone to do your job. So it's a day-by-day -day operation, and each and every day I got to come in here and give my all because once I take a little slack here or take a little slack there, you know, they'll be looking for someone to replace me, especially, you know, you being undrafted, you ain't got really time to make – you ain't really got much time to make mistakes and things like that, so you always have to be on your A game. Amen to that. As an undrafted guy, I can attest to that. Uh, so, that said, um, with the tape that you've put out this preseason and everything that VJ and, and you know, Mr. Elway and Matt Russell have been saying, all the positive things that we've been hearing, I think you're a lock for the roster, but you know the way the NFL works. Are you pretty confident that the other 31 teams have seen the best uh, DeMonte Thomas possible? Because, brother, you have been balling. Thank you. I mean, that's all I can hope for. Uh, you know, hopefully I can stay here at Denver. It's a beautiful um, atmosphere. And, and, you know, I love the coaches and I love my teammates. And um, But, you know, you know, it's a numbers game. And if they don't have room for me, I, hopefully someone else will. And, you know, the only thing I can do is just pray and stay patient and just wait for another opportunity. DeMonte Thomas joining us here on All Access. Chad Andrews, Matt McChesney with you. DeMonte, uh, Vance Joseph said he spent a couple days practicing at the uh, dime slot last week and he said didn't start out too well but he said he fi you fixed your problems and it showed up in the game what were the problems and how did you fix them yeah so when, when I first got the dime uh, after the first practice he coach Joseph comes up to me and he says you know I love you kid and uh, I think you're gonna be one hell of a player one day and then he starts laughing he's like but I ain't never seen so many MEs in one practice before and I started laughing and you know I never really understood dime at the time you know I really never understood what the Don was doing because I always play safety. So the next two days, I was like, man, they're going to put you in here for the game, so you have to be prepared. You can't go out there unprepared. You know, the guys are counting on you, and I definitely didn't want to let my teammates down. So, you know, before the, the few nights before the game, I was texting Sue Cravens, asking him questions on how to play Dime, and I was asking Will Parks. And then the night before the game, um, I'm up in Todd Davis' room for about 45 minutes, and he's just breaking down everything to me. And we're going over checks and calls together seeing how he's going to play it versus how I'm going to play it. So it made me feel really confident. And, you know, the guys believe in me, which really helped. So once I got in the game, I settled in. I just felt myself. Devontae, last one here. Uh, you mentioned Sua, and uh, VJ did as well with him back on the practice field today. He said that uh, while he hasn't been out there, he's been in meetings. How much has he been able to help you in that group and, and what you're looking at? Yes, Sue Craven's been a big part of helping me at the dime. And you know, I sit right by him in the meeting room, and I'm always asking him questions. And even before the game, I was studying film on Sue Craven's doing OTAs on, you know, how he plays dime and, and like the leverage and the coverage he uses and the skills. And you know, Sue's a great guy, and he's always here to help. 
And, I mean, I hit him up on Instagram, Snapchat, and to even text him, ask him a whole bunch of different questions. And he answered each and every time. And, you know, just having a teammate like that is always good because, you know, while he's hurt, you know, he could be worrying about someone else taking his job or something like that. But he was willing to help me and work with me. And, you know, I got to give a lot of, you know, credit to Sue for getting me ready for the game because he was always there for help. All right, Tamante, we'll let you go. We appreciate the time, and uh, we expect to be seeing you again here next week. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Thanks for stepping into the Broncos Audio Zone. I'm Andrew Mason. Talk to you next time.